0: to end focus coming to you this week from the graveyard just outside your house which are are you sure that was there the last time you checked uh i'm your host hilka and joining me as always is Rosalie. how are you doing today
1: i am good i am in the halloween mood right now i have my nightmare before christmas coffin shaped mug uh it's it's a bit chilly outside i'm in i'm in the halloween spirit as it
0: were i here's a little fun fact about me uh we are doing a slightly halloween themed episode as you may have heard from the intro Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not actually a big halloween person i how dare (laughs) i didn't grow up with it i don't especially like dressing up in costumes uh and i'm not the hugest fan of horror movies so yeah sorry uh, I am not in I have one Halloween tradition nowadays and that is I will watch my favorite horror movie which is Cabin in the Woods mm. that is it I have other horror movies that I like but they are horror comedies which is like less appropriate I feel Any
1: horror is good uh, of horror. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Cause I like like Army of Darkness. Oh, I really like that, that movie. Counts. That's good.
1: Love a bit of Tucker with... and
0: Dale versus Evil. Oh, that's a fun movie.
1: That's good as well.
0: But yeah, that's my one Halloween tradition.
1: Uh I am I am Halloween obsessed my I'm so Halloween obsessed that my um future plan with my future children that don't exist yet is to make Halloween almost as big as like Christmas. Like we're going to do Halloween presents and I'm going to get like a black Halloween, I'm going to get a black Christmas tree and it's going to be the Halloween tree. Um, But then I was also brought up in Scotland and Scotland, Halloween originates in like Celtic roots. And so it's like, even though it's not like the way America does it here, it's kind of, it's part of history. Like you're meant to, you're meant to carve meeps which are like uh, turnips, (laughs) Uh, but it's really hard and we don't really do that anymore. Um, Mm. But yeah, I, I, I I guess I have all the Halloween for two. So that's all good.
0: (laughs) Uh, Here's another little fun fact. Um, Halloween only like very recently became a thing here in the Netherlands Mm -hmm. because we have a thing we celebrate in November called St. Maarten. Oh, uh, which is it does still involve like children going from door to door receiving like little food things it's traditionally tangerines if memory serves oh. and they make their own little like paper lanterns that they have on a stick that is the equivalent to um like jack o lanterns i guess and yeah. similarly to scotland we carve sugar beets i believe
1: Ah, that's so cool We also, because um, I know you liked learning the Scots words last time We don't call it trick-or-treating, it's called guising here mm. Which is the original, um actual name for it Americans just came up with trick-or-treating so. <laughs> um, Yeah,
0: Americans also came up with Santa Claus based on something that was Dutch So, you know
1: Yo, that's true, Didn't it used to be green and white, it wasn't even red Ah oh um but yeah i love i love this time of year also because then when halloween finishes you've got like the holidays to look forward to and it's just uh, even though it's absolutely freezing it's it's just i just like the mood i like sitting with like a a tea or a hot chocolate and a blanket and playing some video games and it's just it's just a nice time of year
0: i do love me some hot chocolate Mm mm-hmm So, uh, in the spirit of me not being in the spirit, uh, (laughs) we have some news to talk about that is not at all Halloween related. Mm. The first thing that we wanted to talk about today, um, Super Mario Wonder came out recently. Uh, I have heard it is very good. I have played very little of it. And... A couple days before the game came out, the new voice actor for Mario and Luigi was publicly revealed. He posted about it on his Twitter. His name is Kevin Afghani. Uh, What surprised me is I checked out his IMDb page. He has very few credits. Mm -hmm. But I kind of like that, to be honest, to give a chance this big to someone who's relatively unknown.
1: Yeah, it means as well that they hired him off of how good how good he is at the role rather than his online following or prestige in the industry, which I think is very very nice. Because um, Charles was an unknown actor when he got the job as well. So it's like it's like history. It's like repeating itself. It's lovely.
0: And you sent me some clips. Mm-hmm from that that we found on that you found on twitter uh and i have also since heard him in game and i think he sounds fantastic yeah, I yeah. echo what i saw a lot of on twitter especially his luigi is so good
1: it is it's really like you can only like it's you can only tell that it's not charles a little bit but like it's 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 so lovely, and it just captures the kind of the same energy that I was just I was very impressed.
0: Yeah, the like the just boundless joy yeah. <laughs> that Mario and Luigi have, especially in Wonder. Like, there's so much going on in that game, even in the like six levels that I've played. That that just joyful energy that that he brings to the performance is a fantastic match and if they do keep him on in the role for like especially for the long term you can also give him an opportunity to sort of refine it Mm -hmm. to grow into the role as i said in my notes
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: so yeah but he's already doing a fantastic job big fan next uh here's one you brought to my attention that i also thought thought was quite interesting uh the key art to princess peach showtime has been altered a little bit two faces uh the one in the center and the one of her in the kung fu outfit have been made more serious (laughs) like kirby games used to i don't know do they still do that for kirby games
1: I don't know, but that is ex- that is exactly the same thing that first came to my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I kind of like it because like it shows um more personality because a lot of like models for Peach look a bit like they're wonderful, but they, they make her look a bit kind of like deadpan or she's kind of like away with the fairies, and so like her being like, yeah, I'm Peach and I'm badass, and I'm like, yeah, I'm here for this. Um, and also I I think it. M- it might be they're trying to capture the like the movie Peach a bit because that was her kind of shtick. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool. I'm I'm really excited for that game. I'm not gonna lie.
0: <laughs> I really liked the trailer from uh, the recent Nintendo Direct that we covered. It looked really cool. Yeah. I don't remember when it, it's like March of next year. Yeah. I
1: think? Yeah, because January, February, March of next year are like. There's so many games coming out that it's it's scary. Um but that is like one of the main ones where I'm like, day one, need I need this in my life. Um need some angry peach in my life.
0: <laughs> and the last story that we wanted to talk about today is here's a fun one. So, Rosalie, mm. before you read um both the notes and the news story that I sent you and i i assume you also read by yourself Mm -hmm. um if you had to guess how many we use would you say would have been sold last month
1: brand new ones i would have not i would have expected
0: zero (laughs) congratulations for (laughs) being a sensible person who knows how some things in the world work (laughs) Apparently, uh, I, for the record, I also would have said zero. Uh, we would have both been wrong, mm. um, according to a tweet from Matt Piscatella from Circana, who I did a little bit of research on. They seem to be a very well-regarded, like, financial analysis, especially with like sales numbers of retailers, uh, company one brand new wii u was sold in the u.s in september (laughs) we we don't know what like store it was or how they still had one considering the console was discontinued in january of 2017 i did see a very funny comment under the news story from i think it was my nintendo news that i pulled this one from um that was nintendo should relaunch the wii U e-shop just for this one person oh <laughs> <laughs> give them that, an opportunity to play some games on it
1: that would be amazing that would be a great marketing thing but they, they yeah they won't do that uh no. I, I, I wonder did it did it say if they got it for the full price or not
0: uh i couldn't find that but i
1: i hope not <laughs>
0: I can't assume that they did.
1: Apparently Wii Us are getting hard to find, but I'm not sure if that's just in the US or if it's like a worldwide thing. Um so maybe like I would not be surprised if Wii Us ended up being like super expensive. So like this could this could be like an investment. <laughs> Don't open it.
0: Why, why would you think they're getting hard to find? Is it just because, like, the demand was so low that not a yeah. lot got sold?
1: Yeah, I think not many. If I had to guess, I would guess it's because not many people bought one. Uh, which, you would think there'd be, like, a surplus then. Um, but, yeah, I guess they just don't turn up in like... Because, rem- like, there was a period where you could literally go into any charity shop and there'd just be, like, a Wii for, like, £5 pounds just sitting there. Uh, and that was before the whole like rush of like oh video games are worth something and they ruined it all um, I have not I don't think I've ever seen a i have I seen a second hand Wii in a shop that wasn't a CX before I haven't seen one in a while um, mine is second hand but yeah I just yeah I think it's just they weren't as Because, like, everybody had a Wii. Wiis were everywhere. Like, I think I have two in my house, and I don't don't remember getting a second one. (laughs) But um, Wii is not as common. Although, to be honest, I still kind of want the Zelda one that they brought out. It was, like, black, and it had little gold accents on it. Um, Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't spend, like, full price on it. (laughs) I wonder if you can hack them. Maybe that's why the person bought it hmm i i i assume you probably can because everybody finds a way
0: <laughs> yeah and it's not like the firmware has been updated recently yeah ah. so people have probably found a way around it by now
1: yeah man they need we need to find out the person that bought it and like interview them because <laughs> it is
0: I, I have to assume it isn't just someone going like, oh hey, a console.
1: Oh, yeah, it's got to be a, like a like a Nintendo fan. Um Well, Leah, if you if you turned up at like a toy shop and they just so happened to still have a Wii U and you're like, "Oh, okay." Maybe?
0: <laughs> Depends how much it was going for. If you if like you said it was going for full price, then no. Yeah. Uh but I oh man I I almost did something like that at, at a local board game store last year. Um, there was a Magic the Gathering product called Explorers of Ixalan, which was supposed to be sort of like a hybrid Magic set and board game. Huh. It came with like hexagonal board game pieces cool. that you would like flip over, and they'd have effects in your in the game of Magic by all accounts it was quite unpopular so like this thing released hang on one was ixalan like 2016 2015 my local board game store just straight up just had two on a <laughs> shelf and I, and I pointed it out to the the person at the counter and they're like yeah we hear this every now and then we're really hoping someone buys them soon uh <laughs> I get really excited whenever anyone does, because uh, <laughs> they did sell super well when they came out. Oh, just, it, it's one of those things where, like, I like I'd like to own one as like a little artifact of history, mm. but I don't know what else I'd do with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've I've said this a, a bunch of times to some of my friends about the you draw. Oh, yeah. yeah the thing that bankrupt that like killed thq getting to own one of those they're probably i did check on like the local equivalent to ebay and i can get one for like 20 bucks i don't know where i'd put it
1: (laughs) it's like me wanting this uh early 90s official nintendo landline phone and it's mario coming out the pipe and the pipe is like the actual phone I was like oh I want to buy this and I'm like I don't have a landline number and I don't think these work anymore (laughs) but I want it
0: (laughs) something like that would unfortunately probably have some like collectible value
1: yeah so even
0: if you did buy it it probably wouldn't be cheap eh
1: um some items from that era are um some of them aren't I I have a very it's either late 80s very early 90s mario alarm clock and it's like an off it's official but he looks very off model because it's when merch was a bit rubbish um but it's it's quite chunky and he like um the alarm is like wake up gotta to go to dreamland or get out of dreamland i can't remember what he says. uh and it was affordable and now it's like three times the price so these th- yeah these things do shoot up um but i kind of i have a thing for like with the old Mario merch because it just has this kind of weird bootleg look to it even though it's totally f- official
0: <laughs> I've seen some uh, some pretty wild official Pikachu yeah. merch for me from like back in the day
1: I think I have a lot of that when he was all cute and chubby that's my favorite version of Pikachu <laughs> um,
0: yeah so I I'm I'm gonna guess this was either like a collector Mm -hmm. who's like ooh a brand new Wii U in box those are pretty hard to find in this day and age or someone who was like pretty well off yeah you you kind of have to be to buy a console anyway but who like saw this in the store and was like you know it'd be really funny. Oh, I wish I had
1: that kind of money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but like, like I said, I can't imagine they were selling this for for full price.
1: Oh, I hope not.
0: (laughs) I I can easily imagine they'd be like, "Look, we just want to get rid of it. We didn't even know we had this. Give it to you for a (laughs) hundred bucks. (laughs) Like, we don't want it anymore. Please take it away." I once bought a computer monitor that way, Oh. from an office that was, I think, straight up just going out of business. I, I got a hot tip from a friend who had an office in the same building, and he knew, he knew they were shuttering up. So I like I went to them and was like, "Hey, I've heard you're selling off some junk," and they were like, "Yep, you're right." <laughs> and I'm like, "Do y'all have any monitors?" And I got a 1080p monitor for, like, 35 euros.
2: Whoa.
1: (laughs) That's the dream.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't use it anymore. Because it used a VGA cable.
1: Oh. Yep. Remember them.
0: (laughs) And my current graphics card, it only has one HDMI port. The rest are all display ports. Oh. Which... I didn't know were a thing until I got this graphics card. <laughs> Naturally both of my monitors are HDMI. Uh, so uh if you're listening, that one person who bought a Wii U in no in September of 2023, hit us up.
2: Yeah. Tell us
0: why. We're very <laughs> curious. You will find our Twitter accounts at the end of the episode. <laughs> um. So, it is ye old scary season. Mm. And because of that, we decided to go back in our minds, in our memories, through our collections, and think about some scary games on Nintendo systems that we love. Um Nintendo has in my experience sort of been a little squirrely with horror games they they've been there like I think the the catalyst for that was like Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube Mhm Um so they, they they've been doing it more I know saying recently for things going back as far as the GameCube is like not strictly correct but you know they didn't start out that way uh speaking of the gamecube you Hmm. wanted to talk about eternal darkness sanity's requiem a little bit
1: yeah uh i was about to look up how old the gamecube was and then i was like you know what i don't want to (laughs) know (laughs) <laughs> I really don't want to know. Um, yeah, uh, Eternal Darkness is what. Still, it has been a while since I've played it, so I, there's bits of it that I remember very well, and some bits that I don't. Um, but it's always, it actually has one of my favorite bits of any horror game in it, and it's just there's so many. It was just really cool. Um, it it did this had this gimmick. Where That totally doesn't work anymore um, because uh, it relied on like the old SCART TVs. So in the game there's like a sanity meter um, and it can go down. And when it goes down, things start happening with the actual game to make you think that you, the player, are like going insane. And it'll be things like the volume control will start changing and the audio won't work but they actually used, like, um, like a thing actually pops up so it looks like it's actually the volume of your actual TV that's messing up. Uh, mm. The game would, like, invert itself. Um, I swear there was, like, a fake corruption memory card screen as well. And it was just... It was so cool at the time. But if you play it now, it won't work, because obviously TVs are totally different. <laughs> But it, it was just a lot I love stuff like that. because um, when you're a kid and you're having like a sleepover, over your friends and you're like, let's play a scary game and you put that in and the lights are all off and I just it just made it so atmospheric and oh, love it. Um but yeah, you, you played as like this girl and you played through different like I think it was ancestors in our family and our history. Um and they're like in different time periods. Um and there's, like, this really creepy guy that he he gets locked up and he goes, May the rats eat your eyes. And that bit always just stayed with me because that's terrifying. Uh, there's, like, a scene where you look into, a, like, a bathroom and you see yourself, like, dead in the bath. And there's, like, blood everywhere. It's very, very, um very The Shining, kind of reminiscent of that. Um, mm. It was just, it did something really different and cool at the time and i'm very sad that there hasn't been a sequel and or a remaster i think this the some of the original team tried to do like a spiritual successor and they did like a kickstarter but nothing ever came of it um which is sad uh but it was just it was really cool but yeah, like you said, The GameCube is definitely like really good for starting the kind of horror thing because you also had Resident Evil Four, Luigi's Mansion. As, even though it's not like scary, it's still like technically horror. <laughs> um, and then obviously later Nintendo would have the um, localization of the Fatal Frame games, um, which was cool. But yeah, Eternal Eternal Darkness did it did something that you didn't see at the time. If if you're into like silent like early Silent Hill, it's very inspired by that, um, and that is very atmospheric and very like creating this kind of sense of dread. Um, I really hope they do. If they did like a remaster and did like a fancy physical copy, I would buy that. I still have my copy, um. Which I will need to pop in the GameCube and give it a spin soon. But yeah, that is my um, Halloween Nintendo pick.
0: There's one thing I, I sort of wanted to mention still about Eternal Darkness. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it. I never owned a GameCube. But it was one of those games that I always sort of heard about. You know, mm-hmm. in the... I almost said Miasma in the like... Sightgeist? Sightgeist? in the zeitgeist of gaming. Yeah. Yeah. And it was that and I think Metal Gear Solid like the first one mm-hmm. that had the first instances of mess like you having to do stuff with your hardware mm-hmm. for the purpose of the game. Yeah. That I knew about and I really really dig stuff like that and that's why Eternal Darkness is one of like the biggest games that I never had the opportunity to play and I really wish I did because I think I would have really dug it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mine is Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advanced. Now, I didn't really have much of an exposure to the Metroid franchise when I bought Metroid Fusion. Uh, It was, in fact, my first Metroid game. And boy, was it hard! It's <laughs> it was really hard. I was also like a child with like less well developed reflexes for video games. So if I went back to play it, which fun fact, it is on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass, which Mm-hmm.
2: Um
0: I might be better at it. No promises, but. <laughs> What I really liked about Metroid Fusion, and it's another thing, and it's something that I've heard people say about Super Metroid as well, is there's a great, it's very atmospheric.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: But the thing that interests me most about Metroid Fusion is you have this story of Samus who got, like, infected by the X-parasites, and they had to use genetic material from the very last Metroid in existence to save her life. But as a result of that, I believe there's like another Samus made of X parasites running around in the area where the game takes place. And when you're in like long elevator rides, there's these little cutscenes of Samus like reminiscing, basically. And I'm going on memories from a very long time ago here, but I think there were parts in that of like Samus thinking about what it was like to see herself from the outside and sort of what it means to be her if there's a more or less identical copy of her. That's even more powerful than she is because, you know, it's a Metroidvania. So at the start, she doesn't have basically any of her suit's mm-hmm. abilities because they all got removed as part of the procedure to save her life. And as like I, oh, I have no idea how old I was as like either a young teen yeah sort of in like the 12 13 14 probably age playing that and being exposed to some of those ideas for like the very first time that kind of freaked me out and combine that with just the great atmosphere that the game has and some of the really messed up boss designs there's a very early like big spider boss Mm -hmm. that's probably one of the reasons that and like Jumanji that is why I'm not super good with spiders nowadays
1: that's understandable Jumanji is scary
0: I watched Jumanji when I was way too young to be watching (laughs) Jumanji that and like okay the the other two movies that I watched way too young aside from Jumanji um Princess Mononoke
1: Hmm.
0: and Kill Bill
1: yeah. I I was allowed to watch anything, so my one of my earliest films I watched, I watched Akira when I was four. Oh, wow. Um which is probably why I'm very into horror and very desensitized to horror. Which you know. Yeah.
0: Straight up body horror when you're four years old. <laughs> yep. And wow. it's
1: still one of my favorite movies to this very day.
0: Uh, Oh, and Watership Down as well.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That's the classic, like, ooh, it's an animated movie about Mm -hmm. rabbits. I'll buy this for my child. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, back in those days, it was a lot harder to Google stuff like that. Yep. To get back on track. uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Metroid Fusion. I'd be curious to revisit it now that I've played, like, Metroid Prime. Oh, yeah. And am better at Metroidvanias. Like, I've played a bunch of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night on Nintendo Mm -hmm. Switch, which is the worst version of that game, apparently, unfortunately. So I'd be curious to see how I do it, how I do now.
1: Have you played Super Metroid yet? I have not. Oh, because that's also on the um, NSO library.
0: It is, and without the expansion pass, because that's the... That one's on Super Nintendo. Yeah. You need the expansion pass for GBA games.
1: Yeah. That's still my favorite Metroid game, but uh, nostalgia plays a role there. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing, especially. Um, But, yeah, I'd be curious to what you think about Super as well.
0: And I I did want to make a brief mention to another just, like, strange horror experience i had on a nintendo system which was i never thought i'd see the day where i'd be playing resident evil on a nintendo 3ds but i played the demo of resident evil revelations
1: oh that game's great
0: and i was like this game is really good but it is too scary for me so i will not be buying it (laughs)
1: if you have the version so when they printed it on the 3DS they did like a version that has a typo on the the spine of the box and oh, that, yeah. that version is worth more money uh, I really want to own that just for bragging rights um, but <laughs> I, I played the PS4 remaster and it is, is genuinely a really good game um, I totally forgot that was in the 3DS first for a moment Cause I also played yeah. um, the Resident Evil the DS port. That was because was, you know how on the DS everything had to like be called something that was like DNS. So yeah, um, it was a uh, Resident Evil Deadly Silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it actually played really good in the DS. I think I probably might have put more hours in that version than the PS one version.
0: Yeah, I can like the. The DS would definitely be able to handle 3D graphics like that.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It definitely had that kind of like DS weird kind of jank to the models a wee bit, but I kind of find that a bit charming now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Ah, nostalgia.
0: (laughs) I actually didn't know that Resident Evil 1 Mm. got that port. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. I need to look out sometime. There
0: yeah, that's just a little memory I wanted to share uh, with that. Uh, and now, mm-hmm. keeping in the uh, horror theme of the episode, uh, we have been playing some games since last we spoke to you all. Uh, and now, it is around the season of Halloween, and we, we played some scary games, and the first one we're going to be talking about is, hang on, let me just... Let me just check my notes here for a second. Uh, Samba de Amigo Party Central. Uh, Sure, yeah. Um, I can't say I've heard of this horror game, but uh, would you like to tell me about it a little bit, Rosalie? Because you're the one who played it.
1: Yes, I will enlighten you to the horrors of dancing in your living room. Um, I I recently purchased Samba de Amigo Party Central. Uh, it is a new game in the Samba de Amigo series, which originated on the Dreamcast. Uh, and everybody listening probably already knows this, but I am a big fan of the Dreamcast, and it is my favorite console of all time. So whenever there's something you know related in any way I, I will buy it and I will get on that because I love it so much. Uh, the original game basically you had maracas as controllers and it was like a dance game and you shook the maracas. Um, but obviously this time around you have the joy-cons. I, you can buy third-party maracas that were online before this game came out so I don't know if they're for something else. Um, but it uses the like sensors and the Joy-Cons. Um, uh, there's like two circles at the top of the screen. Uh, one on the left and one on the right in the middle. And then two on the bottom. And you're meant to kind of hold the Joy-Cons so they're kind of like facing you. Um, there's there's like a representation of the maracas on the screen to make sure you're positioning them correctly. And obviously you can you move them up, move them to the side and move them down. Um it's not very intuitive it's kind of like if you ever played just dance or like on the wii or whatever where it was like it kind of knew where you were but kind of not really Mm. (laughs) It's, it's a bit like that but just dance was more about like you know just making and looking silly in your living room it wasn't really about getting every move correct so it has that kind of feeling to it um I managed to get it for 25 pounds which uh, and it only came out like last month maybe. Uh, so I was yeah. pretty I was pretty chuffed about that and it's physical as well. Um and I haven't put in that many hours into it but from what I have played I'm really glad that I picked it up the music on it's like really surprisingly great. I th- cuz you know like um so like Donkey Konga back in the day on the talking of the GameCube again uh, that was the music rhythm game where you had the the bongos. Um yeah. The the, mu- the music on that some of the tracks were great, but they were like the the actual like track listing was a bit weird and a bit random. Uh, but the one in this is like genuinely like oh that's a tune oh that's a tune because I was kind of worried that it was either going to be really really bad or it'll be pop songs that I won't know because it will be from the last ten years.
0: Um, there were a couple of those. I did check the track listing briefly. Yeah,
1: yeah. But most of them I knew to some degree. Um, oh, it has one of those tune That tune, the, I can't sing it because a copyright might pop up. But the every Everybody Move Your Feet one that I really like. Um, but the coolest thing about the tracks is there's DLC, which I didn't mind buying because it has... Um, baka matai from the yakuza game series as one of the tracks and oh, wow. i love that song and i've played nearly nearly every yakuza game one of my favorite series is, and so i bought that like instantly <laughs> and it's very fun and like to do it on the to like with the dancing and the maracas it's very silly um there's other dlc that's coming out that has like tracks from persona 5 which i will also be buying because that's one of my favorite game soundtracks ever um and i think they're planning a lot more very because it's a sega game so famous sega songs are like a given so like the track listing already has some sonic stuff in it including uh, city escape from sonic adventure 2 which is another one of my favorite games of all time and when you yeah. actually select it, you're actually at the end of the level with the gun truck like coming and I was, ugh, it's just, what? it's so cool. Um, I'm really bad at it though, <laughs> because it's it, the Joy-Cons aren't really good at scent, like sensor things. Um, it, better than the Wii, but still not like amazing. So I can never tell if I'm like, the top and the middle bits are fine, but like hitting the bottom ones felt really awkward. Um but it's less about getting like high ratings, it's more just like having silly fun. It's like it's not a game you would take seriously anyway. Um but it is like it's exhausting. It's it's maybe more exhausting than just dance. <laughs> um there's bits where during it, it will make you, it'll say strike a pose and you have to kind of copy the the drawing on the screen and it'll be like one hand to the left up in the air and one in the bottom or like you're doing Staying Alive or something um, and sometimes it'll happen a lot um, and that, I am like I'm nearly 33 I am an old lady and I was like oh my god I can't do this <laughs> it took a lot out of me um, but it was just really fun Um the only thing that's weird is that i think the version of it on apple arcade has a story mode and that this the console one doesn't um which is odd i don't know if they're going to add that in later but there is an additional mode where you get like challenges but the way it lays it out is if it lays out as if you are a like a twitch streamer and every time you do one of the challenges like perform one of the songs and get a certain score um, or whatever it asks of you. you it says like you've gained a follower but it's like it's like a fake in game follower so it's like a little mini game and I thought the layer of that was like super adorable and a really cute idea especially for like if kids were playing it Um, you can also like earn coins and make up your because the, the mascot to the game is like a monkey and you can like do up your monkey and change the colour and put them in cute outfits and things um as first impressions go i am very glad i bought it and um i'm hoping it will um go down well at the halloween gathering i'm happening having this weekend um but only two people can play it at a time which is a bit rubbish because it's like party central but for two people (laughs) which isn't really a party but okay um and then it's
0: split screen or how no does, no no they're how just do you think it works
1: yeah well if i was doing it's just there'll just be two things on the screen because you're following like the same moves um yeah because i think in just dance i'm sure you can have up to four people in just dance and that was on the wii um so i don't understand why they didn't implement that maybe it's because they thought the people wouldn't own that many joy-cons because maybe a family like might have two sets of Joy-Cons, but the likelihood of having four sets—I don't know. I don't know the reasoning there, but I was a bit like, "Oh, that's a bit rubbish." Um, but yeah, it's just very—it's just very fun and adorable. You need a lot of energy to do it. Um, it might be like if you enjoy Ring Fit Adventure, it might be good to play it afterwards to kind of like cool down a bit, but still have some exercise. Um, mm. I think if you have kids, it's it would go down very, very, very well. Um, yeah, it's just this is cool. It is a bit weird because obviously the Dreamcast one you had the actual maracas so you could hear the rhythm in your hand. It's a bit sad that that's not a thing. And I assumed that there would be like a more expensive version that would have like Joy-Con accessories with the maracas, but that's not really been a thing for the Switch. Like the the Wii had loads of weird. Like lightsaber add-ons to to the Wiimotes and things, but the switch hasn't really done that, so that that you can get fake ones but there is no official ones or that I found anyway um but yeah, it's good good times, especially if you like music rhythm games um it's not as like hardcore as dDr but it's still fun um one th- hmm?
0: one thing that I noticed when I was looking it up on Wikipedia, yeah. Uh, is that the original had a lot more, like, actual Latin American music. Yeah. And this one is more focused on more sort of contemporary pop songs. Like, I noticed the one that stood out to me was I Don't Care by Iconopop and Charlie XCX. That's a song I actually quite like. (laughs) But that one's from, like, probably, like, eight years ago by now. Yeah, and there was like a Carly Rae Jepsen song in there as well. That's yeah. another one I enjoyed.
1: That I, that's a tune I like as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's maybe what the party central like naming convention is. It's trying to be like, hey, this isn't like the original one that much. This is like the fun, you know, moderny one. Um, I'm kind of hoping it's like maybe them testing the waters to bring like the series back properly. Um, because I think the last time that it was in anything was in the sonic um all-stars racing and transformed kart racing games uh, which was okay. there was like a samba de amigo course and the the mascot was like a character you could use as well um there might have been a, like a cameo in something else cuz i've not played everything but yeah um i will I, I will play much more of it and then report back um especially if i like fall over or something which is very likely <laughs>
0: maybe that's why they only have two sets of joy cons working yeah. so that other people can sit on the couch <laughs> Laugh. and look at you dance yeah uh, that, that is that is the horror of this segment the mortifying yes. idea the mortifying idea of being known yep yep and being perceived
1: <laughs> um but if you're having a halloween party uh i i, have, I think it'd be a good idea to pick up um because there isn't that many party games um, out these days in, other than like the Jackbox things so uh, this is like a you know it varies up a little bit um, but yeah
0: because there either was or is going to be a follow up to 1-2-Switch
1: there they're, that's already out I actually quite um fancy picking it up because it's it, it reminds me of one of my favourite party games in the Playstation um which i can't remember the name of (laughs) but yeah that's
0: the one with the eye toy
1: no it was the one on the ps4 where you could use your phones because what i've i've watched um smosh i really like smosh um i watched them play the new um one two is it one two three or one two switch
0: I genuinely can't remember.
1: <laughs> I watched them play it, and there's a bit where it asks you to like find the color yellow and something in the room, and like take a photo on your phone or something. And I was like, oh, this is very different from the first one. Uh, but I might pick that up too, because you know, good for Halloween parties and then Christmas parties. It's better than playing. Dog- yeah,
0: especially if it's got a lot of like motion controls. Yeah. That is, that, that makes the barrier to entry a lot lower for people who are like, I am capable of moving around, but I don't understand how these buttons mm-hmm. are.
1: Yeah. Because I've played a lot of Mario Party at like holidays and things. And then my father in law just like, how do I do this? What does this button do? And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but if it's moving about, I think that's a lot easier, like more accessible.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh I I didn't know until I looked it up that this was a series that A started on the Dreamcast and B hasn't really existed as like game releases mm-hmm. since then. Cuz I've been like vaguely aware of its existence for a very long time, so I assumed it was just like one of those things that okay, you know. Yeah. I don't pay attention to this kind of game very much. So I assume there's just one like every five or so years that I just didn't pay attention to.
1: No, it's, uh, yeah, no. it's quite niche as far as music rhythm games go. Um, but I'm hoping this is the start of something new, as they say in High School Musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird reference, but hey.
0: I got it. I've seen all three of them. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, now, I did make a little bit of a joke beginning of this segment. Uh, we did actually, or at least I, played a genuine card-carrying horror game <laughs> for this episode. Uh, it's a game we've talked about on the podcast before, a couple episodes ago. Paranormal Sight, The Seven Mysteries of Honjo. Uh, I saw that it was on sale. I admit I bought the Steam version. I didn't play it on Switch, but it is on Switch. Mm -hmm. Um, Our plan for this time is, because we've already discussed it in more general terms, given a recommendation, uh, now we're going to discuss it full-on, like, leave no stone unturned. We're going to talk about plot points. We're going to talk about twists. We're going to talk about character development. Um... So if you have intentions of playing this game or it sounds kind of interesting to you, um, I'm going to reiterate a lot of what Rosalie said when she talked about it initially. This game's really, really good. Mm. Um, I did want to mention, I, as mentioned, I'm not the biggest fan of horror. Uh, I did have to turn it off a couple times to be like, Okay, the atmosphere is kind of getting to me. I need to go do something else before it affects my mood for the rest of the day. But, wow. (laughs) Genuinely a fantastic game. Great story. Great characters. Go play it. For everyone, um, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, this is your final warning. (laughs) For everyone else, let's talk about some mysteries. Ooh. So, uh the people who don't want to hear spoilers are gone. We have so much to talk about. There's <laughs> so much in this game. Yeah. And it only and it's only like 10 to 12 hours long. Yep. <laughs> um I think the number one thing I sort of wanted to mention as a genuinely fantastic thing right at the start is okay apologies for people who were on like general video games twitter about 10 years ago but i'm gonna use a word that's gonna make you a little mad <laughs> but it's the best word for the job i love how this game plays with Ludo uh the synergy between the story and the gameplay and how those two work together to create the whole experience because mm-hmm. i remember i played like the first time i i played it i played it for a bit i remember sending you a message i've played a bit of paranormal <sighs> there's one part that really sort of ticked me off where the character i was playing at the playing as at the time shogo uh, used his curse when i didn't press the button to use the curse and that ticked me off so i turned it off came back to it a couple days later. That's like one of the most important moments of the game's story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and having the realization of how important that was like 9 hours of gameplay later <laughs> was amazing. Yeah. Wow. It it is one of those stories that's so interconnected in ways that I really, really love. Like, one of my favorite movies is Snatch,
2: mm-hmm.
0: by Guy, directed by Guy Ritchie. And the way that everything in that movie, like, coalesces to come together right at the end of the movie and everything is interconnected and everything affects everything else, it's that, but instead of action comedy it's horror yep oh. <laughs> so let's talk favorite characters
2: mm. uh,
0: who did you enjoy the most in this game
1: I liked the cops the most um, mm. I've forgotten their names because <laughs> it, I
0: I have the wiki page open for exactly uh, this reason Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tetsuo Tsutsumi and Yun Erio.
1: Yeah, so there's like they play like the the tropes of like the hardened older cop that's been through it, and like the little newbie guy who's just trying and yeah he's he's doing okay. And they're like the way they played off each other was so funny. Um yeah. and it, it there was there was just like there's moments where there the writing is just so, so on point. Well there would just be little moments where like if it was too over the top it would have ruined it and I it would have been a bit like cringy, and you know, like ugh. Um but it just worked so well. And like Yeah yes, ACAB, but also <laughs> I really like the characters all in this respect, no, because you just want them to succeed. I think there's a is there a bit where they're talking about like he has like this little pout, the younger one, yeah, and and it's just every time that the animation changed to that, I just thought it was hilarious. And there's a (laughs) it's just oh, I just loved it, and the fact that their music was kind of like seventies like cop show music as well, which totally knew what it was doing. It was playing into it. Um, loved it. Um, and then after them it was uh the is it Mio, the the girl the the girl that is knows about all the culty stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mio.
1: Yes. I liked her because a plus size rep in video games, I'm all here for that. Um and also it was just really cool when you kinda you thought it was just two girls, like you know, messing around at first with a Ouija board, or uh, but it turns out, oh no, she actually knows this stuff, and she's like working with the police sometimes because she knows what she's doing. And I'm like, oh, that's
2: cool,
1: um, because there's one thing I hate in horror is the the whole thing where it's like, oh, the horror, the scary stuff isn't real; it's in someone's head, or it's you know, it's like something's causing it. I hate that. I hate it it's such a it's such a out. it's really boring it's overdone so when it's actually characters is like are like no this exists and we know it exists because I think the cops talk about it as well and I'm just like yes yes this is what I want because it's actually scary if the things are really in this world and people are aware about it it's just cool but yeah the cops and then the, the thing that's
0: cool about mm-hmm. that is you know when I was when because you switch between different characters and things you do in their story in their timelines can affect other things as well yeah i really like when you're playing as the cops that when it becomes clear like what's going on what's happening with these curses and how they're sort of related to the seven mysteries it is revealed that the older one tetsuo Mm -hmm. he's like part of a task force in the police that deals with these kinds of supernatural problems Mm -hmm. so not only is this like a thing that is really happening. Things like this have happened before. Yeah. I mean, they have in the history of the story, but like <laughs> they've happened recently enough that this task force was either founded or still exists, mm-hmm. you know? And I love stories like, like urban fantasy stories like that where they're sort of, I guess you could compare it to like a layer of, underneath the what we consider the normal world where all this weird stuff happens with horror and supernatural things like uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer or yeah. Supernatural or um Sleepy Hollow is a show I've been watching recently, stuff like that mm-hmm. where there are normal people who don't know what's going on and then there are people like Tetsuo, like Mio who are in the know. Mm-hmm. And there's always that moment of like, okay, I have to explain that monsters are real. <laughs> that can go very poorly. The thing I, small sidetrack, the thing I th- found really funny when I started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer is like, Xander and Willow don't need any convincing. <laughs> They're just like, oh, vampires, huh? Cool, can I help?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always liked like, that when like the show progressed like Sunnydale also kind of slowly caught on to what was going on um, because you would be like hey that guy's like eating that person this happens like every day or every week <laughs> I think something's
0: up <laughs> my my favorite was uh, Harue Shigima the housewife
1: oh I did like her as well yeah
0: um, she has a very negative outlook on a lot of things because uh, a lot of these characters are going after the rite of resurrection. It's a thing where if you gather enough soul dregs by killing people, you can cast a spell, perform a ritual to bring someone back to life. Mm-hmm. And she wants to bring back her dead son.
1: She has, like, the uh, best like motive like well like she has the most genuine motive of all of them
0: yeah and that's I think one of the things that made her the most compelling for me because she was one of the few people who were willing to go just like all the way because Tetsuo he collects a bunch of the um, the artifacts that give you the curse powers mm-hmm. but he pretty much doesn't use them no. he's just keeping them safe. But Haraway like, even when she's working together with the investigator Richter Kai, who, by the way, is like the closest thing to an ace attorney character this game has. Yes. <laughs> he like stands out like a sore thumb. Yep. He reminded me a little of the 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 like lead investigator guy from Ghost Trick. Oh in yeah. In the sense that he's just like a weird kind of showy investigator. Anyway, uh, Haraway, she like, she straight up says that, you know, I'd rather not kill people to get the Soul Dregs, but I will. <laughs> yep. You know, I I believe in my desire to get my son back that much. And I think her arc of going from i will do literally anything including killing multiple people to bring back my son to the realization that she figures out together with richter and the cops and i think other people as well like my son would not be happy that i did all of this Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and i think i'm doing this more for myself than i'm doing it for him that moment where she realizes that that was the moment i mean that's more or less the end of her character arc i guess but that was the moment where i was like this is my favorite character Mm. in the story and there are a lot of good ones but her realization the journey she went through to get there that is some a plus quality writing um to lighten the mood a little bit, hey, do you want to know a fun fact? So, in the beginning, the girl, you, you're you controlling Shogo, and you meet this girl, Yoko. Yep. Who's, like, the one who tells him about the right and the mysteries and the curses and stuff, and she's trying to, like, find information because she wants to bring back her dog.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: She says. Mm-hmm. Um. Her dog's name is Ogopogo. Did you know that Ogopogo is the name of a cryptid from British Columbia in Canada? Oh. Uh, specifically, it's a, like, lake serpent, not dissimilar to the Loch Ness Monster.
1: Uh, uh, I'm familiar with that one. <laughs>
0: I I assumed you would. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: But yeah, Ogopogo, named after Okanagan Lake in British Columbia. Um, I did a little bit of reading. There's, like, conflicting reports on where exactly it comes from. There's some reports from, like, there's something similar from First Nations history and mythology. But then there's other, like, more tangible reports of something more resembling an actual serpent from I think it was somewhere in like the early 1800s. Um, but yeah, that was the first indicator that I saw because I, I, I recognized Ogopogo because I see a lot of things from Canada. <laughs> uh, that... Ah. she she is She has been interested in the supernatural for much longer. And I think okay like we're gonna talk about some like super end game stuff here now hmm. because she was if i'm remembering correctly like possessed by the spirit of i forgot her name but the the basically the big rival of the guy who quote who like was the inciting incident for the original stories behind the mysteries yeah. and she wants to be brought back to life for real and I think do you think maybe that that aspect of her I guess heritage her ancestry is one of the things where she was like she was more interested in the supernatural because of it, just sort of naturally. And that made her more... That made Yoko, at least, more vulnerable to getting possessed by the spirit. I'm wondering if that's sort of like a, an indicator of that. Or if I'm reading too much into it.
1: No, I think, yeah, that's like a thing in horror as well, isn't it? Where, like, pe- people who... Are more immersed in it can be more susceptible th- th- to things, and then some people believe in that in real life, which is silly. But hey, <laughs> but no, I think you're onto something.
0: And you also saw that a little bit with Mio. Yeah, like she works together with the cops because she has a very strong spirit sense, mm-hmm. the ability to see like curse echoes and spirits, and actually communicate them through spirit with them through spirit boards. Instead of the fake thing that, like, well, I'm not moving it. I'm not moving it. Yes, you actually are. (laughs) Um, And that sensitivity, I guess, sort of goes hand in hand with Yoko's. But for Yoko, it ended very badly. And for Mio, she used that sensitivity for good. Yeah. I really liked the music.
1: Oh, it's so good.
0: The The only thing that was a little bit distracting about the music was going from one area to the other and just like the abrupt tonal shift when you go to a different <laughs> track from like the one from Tension and the one from We're in the Park. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that one was a little weird, but at least the shift back to the one in Tension meant that you knew that like well, something's going to happen here. And that already gets your imagination working a little bit. But also it's a good indicator of like, I should probably go here to progress the story, which is another nice little bit of ludonarrative harmony. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm going to use ludonarrative a bunch more. I'm, look, I'm... Unfortunately, an academic, mostly. So sometimes we like to feel good about ourselves by using these really big fancy words. (laughs) Um, But it beats explaining it with an entire sentence every time. Yes. I'm also an English student, so boy, am I capable of really long sentences. (laughs) Uh, One thing that kind of surprised me was that the horror that most of the actual supernatural horror like visuals and participating in it was pretty front loaded as in like a like 65% of the actual game is more like a an investigative thriller that didn't have a lot of supernatural horror elements it had an undercurrent but there wasn't a lot of like curse user fights i guess like I was expecting there to be.
1: Yeah. That that's my kind of reminded me of like um Ringu, like early like early nineties. Um well, no, late nineties, what am I talking about? Late nineties Japanese horror movies where it's like there's a focus on like a mystery and there's it's an unnerving suspenseful mystery and there's like some jump scares but a lot of it is to do with like creating this feeling of unease and putting everything together um which it very much i actually wish it had more jump scares um but like i said i'm very desensitized I've desensitized to horror so i like <laughs> things like that um but cuz there's like a bit where you first meet um the the girls and, and they're in the um they're like in the school like when they shouldn't be at night time and yeah, uh Neo and Yakko. Yeah and you can die very quickly which I did the first time and there's just this terrifying face that comes up behind and I was just like, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like
0: oh that
2: one
1: Yeah um just, I actually wish there was more moments like like that um but I, I I I know not everybody likes jump scares so they probably had that in mind. Um but yeah, I like I I I like all types of horror. So horror doesn't always have to be very in your face. It can just be making you feel weird and you know uneasy. And this game does that very very well.
0: <laughs> I I think that's one of the game's main strengths, yeah. Yeah. They like the way that the artists like drew the faces, yeah, or some of the facial features are just like a little bit more realistic than what you're expecting from like the rest of the way their bodies are drawn. Uh, especially when they have expressions of fear. That oh, that's a really really good decision in in visual design.
1: Well, because like your favorite character, whenever she's like really shocked she she already kind of looks very like she looks like she's properly like been grieving for ages and she hasn't eaten and she's very kind of skinny and she's got like really big dark circles and she kind of looks unwell and then when she's like got that shocked expression she kind of looks almost like like a ghost or a horror character and sometimes her expressions were just like scary enough um, but yeah. but the art style is, is so cool. It's so lovely, but also like ah, uh, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's like it, there's the anime kind of manga stylings underlining, and then it does have that realism, and then it, it it deliberately looks familiar, but also a bit odd at the same time. It's very very clever.
0: What. One thing I do want to mention as well as a, as a really good way of using the mechanics of video games to generate horror mm. is one of the jump scares that got me the most wasn't even like a gruesome image jump scare. It's I think it was very early on as Shogo as well, where like you're sort of looking around the the park at, at night. And then when you turn back to look at Yoko, she's a lot closer to you than the last time you saw her.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And like the, the, the setting of the park at night and she's been telling you basically ghost stories about the mysteries and specifically the mystery there. And the music and the atmosphere is just like building that up and building that up and just so her ordinary human face just being closer than you're used to seeing her, that was a jump scare. (laughs) That one really got me. (laughs) Because I did the physical motion to move the camera around. (laughs) I had to make that choice. (laughs) And that's, I think, just a way that I think video game horror can be a lot more effective than something like a movie or a book Mm
2: -hmm. you are
0: actively making the decision to keep going and experience more of it like it requires your physical input beyond not turning off the movie yeah you know
1: it's why i love them or turning the page that's why i love the fatal frame games because it's like not only do you have to like not only are they terrifying, but in order to defeat the ghosts, you have to take a photo of them and zoom in. <laughs> and it's like, that, that's a big ask because they're really scary. So it's like forcing you to be in these really horrifying positions and it's just genius. Um, uh, yeah, because there's like... Um, Especially if you want to get all the endings in this game, there are things you have to do where it's like, Wow, I really I really did that, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about horror. You go through all these emotions, it's great.
0: To to talk about the story a little more, mm-hmm. the one thing that was, I believe, purposefully not sort of brought together at the end was Hihaku soaps. Yes. The, the big soap company that Shogo works for. Um, there was a period in the story where their president, I think she's still technically the president, um, Natsue Yamamori, was looking like the orchestrator of everything. And I remember saying out loud, like, while the characters were speculating on like okay so who could it be i remember literally saying out loud to my monitor it's obviously not Sue. who else would it be <laughs> uh, it turns out i was wrong um genuinely a great job of set of like they set up the red herring enough that it was believable mm-hmm. but they didn't make it feel like You know that feeling you get when you're walking down the stairs and there's, like, one fewer step than you're expecting? (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) The narrative equivalent of that, where they set it up so much that it just feels like it comes out of nowhere. I think they hit a nice balance there with that red herring. Um, There were a couple puzzles. Not many, but there were a couple. I will say from a pure gameplay experience the very near the end there's one where you have to unseal a scroll that's going to tell you how to stop the rite of resurrection basically from happening Yeah. and it involves reading the full stories behind all the mysteries and divining in which order they happened based on the text of those mysteries and I couldn't I had to look it up in a guide I didn't like it's probably me but I didn't super understand in which order they had to happen and even after I looked it up I reread all those stories again I still didn't totally see it
1: I can't rem- which is unfortunate yeah I can't remember if I used a guide for that or not I did work out the the one where it goes hey you can actually play as this character now uh with the fax machine I worked out that and I was like I was just like yes clever puzzle love this
2: <laughs> yeah uh,
1: I really liked that one um a lot uh because you're like you you're, you play as this kind of girl and you're stuck in a room uh and you have to go into the the timeline of your favorite character and Richter and they have a fax machine and get the number and then you put it in her thing and then it's like ah oh, so clever <laughs> loved it
0: yeah I loved that little just basically an escape room segment yes yeah where you're like okay I the lights are on but they're so dirty that they might as well not be okay i found some cleaning products there's a mop over there you just like assemble everything together and then you get the the fax machine and then you like you said you go back to harue's timeline and then you send a fax to that machine because you have the number of her machine and that progresses the story in that way and that's a great way in which it was also super interconnected in gameplay. Because there was another part where I was kind of stuck, where I was like, okay, well, you were with Yako and Mio, and they're sort of like, okay, well, we can go to any of these places. And then when you went to one of them, they're like, and that's where we stayed for a while. And then you get kicked back to the Mm -hmm. the timeline menu.
1: Yeah, I got stuck there for a bit too. it
0: took me a while to realize that you have to put them in a certain place, and then go back to the timeline menu, because then the cops meet them there.
1: Yeah, I got that. That is the bit I got stuck.
0: <laughs> and but I I thought that was very clever using those aspects to like progress the game. Even kind of I don't know if working backwards is the exact way to phrase that, but. Hmm using things from the future to affect the past mm-hmm. in the timeline menus oh. because that is sort of a very key aspect of the game is you as the player are playing as these characters and they narratively justified why it works yeah that is i love when games do this, one of my favorite games of all time, perhaps my favorite game of all time, Bastion by Supergiant Games. Mm. It has a narrative justification for why you can have a new game plus. <laughs> it's not the only reason I love that game, it's one of many. But, like, the fact that it's straight up said, like, you can use the Bastion to reset time to go back this many years blah 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 blah. but there's no guarantee that this isn't all just going to happen again yeah and the fact that you the player are controlling the spirit of his name I don't remember but the guy who was the inciting incident for a lot of the actual mysteries of Honjo means that why the characters in the story suddenly realizing things because you the player have experienced them
1: yeah it oh.
0: makes that work
1: because there's a bit where the the, the narrator who it kind of reminds me of um oh what's that famous the horror anthology series the cryptkeeper <laughs> yeah it kind of has a bit of that not exactly the same but um and he's like oh what's the name what's the name because it it asks you your name at the very start of the game or something and then you have to type in your name because it's it's like it's you and it's like ah love it love it and
0: that was like pretty early on that was sort of foreshadowed yeah because in one of the first cutaways back to the the, the narrator guy, he asks you a question. How many people has Shogo killed?
1: Yes, yes. Not
0: you, but Shogo. And at this point, you've been playing as Shogo for a while, and you've used your curse power, which is when people start to go turn away from you, uh, you can kill them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That... You've been using that. You've pressed Q on the keyboard or left bumper on a controller to do that. Or left trigger, I think, actually. One of those two. Uh, Point is, you've been doing that to kill people or else they're going to kill you. Except that one time that really ticked me off (laughs) where he did it without me pressing the button.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And... When I, like... When all the pieces fell into place... And I had that realization... (laughs) It was so immensely satisfying. Right. That is the kind of writing I love in a video game.
1: I know, like, where... I can't believe this is, like... The first, like, game of a, like a studio, of like, someone that was predominantly a sound designer. Like, this kind of writing doesn't happen all the time. It's so... yeah, It's so well thought out. It kind of reminds me of, like, the game equivalent of, like, a Mike Flanagan TV show, but even then, with, like, a little bit more um sophistication to it. Um, Not to crap on Mike Flanagan TV shows, because I think he's amazing, but like... I am, they they kind of teased on the official Twitter that they are planning to do this as like a series. So it would be like site, but then the title would be like about a different setting. And I'm like, I'll take like 10 more of these games. Like, just keep them coming. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I, I especially love this like folklore inspired horror. Yeah. That they, that they used for this. And how important the history of the area was and how some of the ways that the area had changed since the original stories happened complicated the lives of people trying to solve the mystery now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, this story is all about the fact that... um, uh yeah someone drowned in a river yep this is a playground now <laughs> there is no more river <laughs> and that makes searching for the cursed stone challenging yeah and I, I, I love the way yeah the way that was implemented and it's it's that kind of attention to detail in writing that gives a story a lot more verisimilitude to use another really big word. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be realistic, it just has to be believable. Yeah. There is a distinction there. <laughs> and that's that's the kind of thing I like. Speaking of things I like, I know we're a video game podcast, so I'll keep this short. Um there is a tabletop rpg called monster of the week it's based on the apocalypse system it is genuinely one of my favorite tabletop rpgs uh, i've played a bunch of it this kind of like mystery solving folklore horror is a really good fit for that system that mm-hmm. system does eventually end in more of a fight than the stories in this game tend to so you'd have to like, if you want to like adapt it, for instance, you'd have to mess with that a little bit. But this kind of like, like I said, mystery solving fol- folklore horror. If you like that, check out Monster of the Week. The PDFs for it are like, I don't know, like twenty bucks on Drive Through RPG. Uh, you may be able to find a physical copy somewhere, although it is not from a huge publisher, so it could be a little tricky. Yeah, if you like that sort of thing, highly recommend checking Monster of the Week out. Cuz it was inspired by stuff like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, stuff like Supernatural.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that those are comparisons we've made talking about this game as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Although the writing in this game is better than literally anything Supernatural has ever done. <laughs> But that's not a very high bar. <laughs> uh, before people start yelling at me on Twitter, I have watched 14 of the 15 seasons of Supernatural. I know what I am talking about.
1: <laughs> that's a lot of Supernatural. <laughs>
0: That is more supernatural than anyone should ever watch.
1: That—that's a lot of hearing "carry on, my wayward son" than I would ever want to hear.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's only like twice a season.
1: Oh right, okay.
0: Now, if you want to hear that song a lot, you should be watching AEW Dynamite, because <laughs> the uh, the elite, the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, uh, use it as their entrance theme when they're together as a group.
2: Ah
0: sidetrack there as well (laughs) but i i haven't seen writing this good in a video game in so long yeah and i think the format of it being a visual novel really helps with that yeah because the number one thing i think video games struggle with with having good writing is pacing yeah because so many video games give the game the player so much freedom to not engage with the story until they want to it's hard to set a good pace for the story Mm -hmm. and this like there's not a lot of messing around you can do you know
1: yeah um i was also surprised that given this game is originally in japanese just like how good the localization is it didn't feel like anything was lost and in fact i was surprised surprised at just how witty it is not to say that localizers aren't good at their jobs because of course they are but sometimes there's an occasional thing that just doesn't work or you can kind of tell there's something that's been lost uh, lost in translation if you will um but in this I was very very surprised I just and maybe it is partially the localizers doing a extra very good job um but it it was just it's very just this is why it's still my game of the year even after I've played Zelda and even after I've played Baldur's Gate 3 and even after I've played lots of other things because there's just something about the writing where I'm just like wow I could go another 30 hours of this Um, and it makes me really excited about what they're going to do next hoping they do something next
0: (laughs) I I can't believe I'm going to say this about a horror series but I'll probably play the next one. Yeah. <laughs> like if if it manages to maintain this level of quality in the writing and just like how well the plot is structured and how well it comes together, I'll play it. And And even then, like I bought it for like 15 bucks. It was on sale. Mm. And even when it's full price, it's like 30, I think.
1: Here it's about... Maybe
0: even a bit less?
1: £15 full price, I think. Maybe. Okay,
0: then it's probably even less than 30 It might yeah. be like... 20 euros,
1: Or maybe it's... It's worth it, either way.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... And... The, like, quality video game to euro ratio... Is very high. Yes. It's so worth your time. And... If, if money is a little tight, you know, we got the Steam holiday sale coming up. Might go on sale then. Put it on your wish list. <laughs> it is 100% worth playing. Mm. It's kind of- Even after we've told you all of the big <laughs> reveals.
1: It's kind of funny that before this... A while ago, I used to really not like visual novels because I find them very boring. Uh, like, I struggle actually reading like actual novels um which is why i prefer graphic novels and manga and things i've i've probably read less than 10 fictional books my entire life um read a lot of non-fiction about the titanic by hayo um but the i played this and the visual novel i played before this was the ai somnium files and both have totally changed my outlook on visual novels and now I am all about visual novels <laughs> and I'm really excited to read a bunch of visual novels that I wouldn't have normally given a second look to. I don't think the writing and a lot of the ones I want to check out is going to be as good as it is in Paranormal Sight and Insomnium too but uh, it's totally kind of opened up this world of a genre that I previously ignored and I think that's always really exciting. When you play a new game and it's like hey there's all this other things now (laughs) that you can try um so if 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 you also you know aren't really into visual novels i think this is a really good first visual novel although you might you know don't compare it too much to ones you play after because this one is so good that they might you know not not hold up as well
0: And if you're like me and your major visual novel experience has been the Ace attorney games, oh uh, yeah. Uh, prepare for a big tonal shift. <laughs> uh, like there are some elements of humor, mostly with the the cops um yeah. that do like a great job of relieving the built up tension. but don't get us wrong like. There may not be a whole game of just genuinely like horrific visuals, like the way all the cursed, uh, the curse echoes look and stuff. That's not through a significant chunk of the game. But even some of the things they discuss, like one thing we haven't talked about at all is sort of one of the major points of the story is the Nejima murders. Yeah. And the way they just, just, you never see any visuals from them, but just the way that they read about the Nejima murders from, like, case files and newspaper articles, I was like, that was one of the moments where I had to, you know, I'm going to go play some Borderlands 3 for a bit. Because, wow, that was unpleasant. Yeah. But, like, in a good way.
1: I I relax with true crime, so that was fine for me.
0: (laughs) Uh. Yeah, I... I am not a full convert to the horror genre. I I don't dislike horror. It's just not something I actively seek out all that often. Mm. Um, That's fine. But this is... This has seriously made the argument for me that like it did for visual novels for you, yeah. that I should probably give it more of a chance than I have in the past. Ooh. Because there are, I know for a fact, really good examples of horror stories out there that I just chose not to do anything with because I was like, eh, you know, I'm not really that into horror. Like, there's a couple of movies out there that I heard people r- raving about that were really, really good. But, like... I didn't know how well I would enjoy, what's a really good example for this, like Get Out, for oh, instance. So good. A movie that I know everyone I've talked to about it says is really, really, really good. It is. <laughs> but I just haven't watched it because I'm not, because I wasn't the biggest horror fan. And maybe I might. Maybe I will watch a different movie on Halloween this year. Ooh. I can't make any promises. I'm also running a paranoia one-shot that afternoon, so I might be a little <laughs> too uh, tired to experience something like that. But we'll see. I don't know. It it has genuinely opened my horizons as well as it has yours.
1: Yeah. And if you need any horror wrecks, I am always here.
0: <laughs> there, There is apologies on sort of ending on a downbeat here. There is one thing that quite annoyed me in the credits mm. um, and the entire QA staff was the only credit the QA staff got. Yeah. No individual names, no section, just like I think they got like the name of the QA company and like the team lead and that's it. That that in like giving people the credit that they're due is more of an issue now than it has ever been, and to see that kind kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth.
1: Yeah, I would. I just I just assume credits are going to be rubbish, um, because I know a lot of developers. So, like for example, I used to. Date people that worked at a certain Scottish, very famous AAA based studio that make a certain game where you, you know, like steal cars and things. Uh, and if you, like, if you worked on one of the very famous games that they release, even if you worked on it for like five years, but you were going to leave before launch, you wouldn't be credited. Um, it's not a good thing but it's just it's a thing i hope it won't be a thing for long because at least now there's more of like a people calling out online as they rightfully should yeah. but it's yeah. that is
0: some um, to use the pg version of what i actually want to say uh hot garbage <laughs> it
1: is yeah um yeah it it it, it sucks um but maybe hopefully when they if they do another one they will fix it and they they could patch it in to be honest as well because i think wasn't there an issue with this with the metroid prime remaster as well
0: yeah that they didn't credit most of the team who did the original yeah but they just did the people who worked on the remaster
1: yeah which is odd (laughs) um it's just it's just lazy they
0: they made all the models like they did the level design and
1: Imagine it doesn't take long to email a company and be like, hey, can you give us all these names and then type them in? <laughs> like It's just laziness. But yeah, that's a whole industry-wide thing that needs to change and change now.
0: Yeah, the the best time to change it was 15 years ago. <laughs> that too. Uh, The next best time is now, yep. like planting trees. <laughs> but yeah, like that... I guess that's one of the reasons I bring it up as well. For whatever platform I have here, it it should be noted. Yeah. But yeah, again, like I, I said it at the top before the spoiler warning as well. As someone who's not into horror, this exceeded my expectations in basically any way. And if you are like sort of on the fence about horror, if you know for a fact that you're super not into it, then probably you're clear of this one. But if you were on the fence like I am, give it a shot. Yeah. It is well worth your time. And now that we're getting to Halloween in a couple days, it would be a good thing to play in the next couple days and yep. maybe finish on the 31st even though it's a Tuesday. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I do want to say one more thing. Um, honestly, the only reason I played this game is because you rosalie were so enthusiastic (laughs) about it when we talked about it on the podcast last time i don't know if i said this on the air or not but i remember that day i was like you know i'm not that into horror but you're kind of talking me into it and it was your enthusiasm that convinced me to play this and i just want to say thank you Aww. Because it, it genuinely broadened my horizons.
1: That's so sweet. That also makes me happy. Because, um... Well, I think most people listening to this know, but, like, I'm a games journalist and I want to make my own games one day. And My whole thing is that I just like to share games and cool games and talk about games, and my life is like games. So to get people excited and get you into a game that I liked and you know got to share a cool experience that you might have not experienced otherwise is very rewarding that has that made my day <laughs> made my Halloween glad to hear it <laughs> I'll be expecting my royalties from Square Unix anytime now <laughs> 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 or you know like put me in the next game whatever Like have a random Scottish lady in it <laughs>
0: Alright, the march of time moves ever forward, and in that time between now and the next episode, we will be playing some video games that we may or may not be talking about. (laughs) Uh, Rosalie, what do you have on the docket?
1: Well, it technically depends when we're next recording, uh, because it is my birthday coming up. Um, we might record before then. I'm not sure. If we don't, it'll be Super Mario Wonder, because I, uh, I know that is one of my birthday presents. Otherwise, um, Mario Party Three has just been added to the Nintendo Switch Online n 64 Library. Um, and I, yes. I really want to play it because I think that's the one I've played the least. Um and i just really love mario party um so i'll be playing that
0: remind me is three the one everyone says is the best one or is that two
1: i think that's three because three has like a story mode or like what a story mode can be but because it's the one that i i think i've played it once so i couldn't say but i believe it is because people were very excited for it finally being on the uh library so it must be. I hope it's. <laughs> I hope it's good. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, as mentioned previously on the podcast, I recently purchased Super Mario Wonder. I've played a tiny bit of it, and I'm going to be making my way through that in the next while. Um, I also, I don't want to. I, I don't know if I'm going to be talking about it at length, but I have been playing the Pokemon Trading Card Game. Yeah game boy game on nintendo switch online as well uh boy that game's a lot harder than i remember (laughs) right although i i have had some very bad draws (laughs) in matchups that i should have won matthew from the rock club has steamrolled me way more often than i as a grass and water deck should have been
1: oh how dare you matthew how dare you
0: (laughs) So I'm gonna get back to bullying him to get more card <laughs> packs in the near future.
1: Oh, it's just like high school all over again.
0: <laughs> oh no! I primary school in, in that in that uh, in that example, I was probably Matthew. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm gonna be doing in the near future. Hey everybody, Hilke here, coming to you from the day after the podcast recording. It's a wonderful Friday night, and I'm sitting at home editing a podcast at, hmm, you probably don't want to know what time it is when I'm recording this, but that's okay, because if you're listening to this, it means you didn't turn it off after the spoiler warning for Paranormal Sight. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on that one. Halloween's coming up. It's probably going to be pretty fun. It's probably going to be pretty cold, so uh, dress warm. Get a costume that maybe has a couple layers. Uh, if you are expecting trick-or-treaters, here's a hot tip for you, buy some full-size candy bars. I, I am given to understand that it will make you the hero of the neighborhood for the kids that come by. I also just wanted to say just thank you in general to listening to this episode of Unfocus. Uh, we do a lot of these and we really enjoy doing them. Uh, if you really, really like them, consider leaving us a review on itunes that's like one of the major things that helps us get noticed also just you know share them on social media we always appreciate that um you can listen to us on spotify other podcast services or on our website Uh, we also have a sister show game podular unfocused not just limited to nintendo games me and scott talk about whatever games we've been playing uh you can follow us on twitter we have a website, GamePodular.com, updates, news, other content. Uh, we have a link tree that has a list of all our socials. If you want to support the show, we have a coffee page and a Patreon page, uh, both of which are on our website. You can find links to those. Thank you very much. This episode was edited by me, Hilka. It's always me. Uh, you can find me at, uh, at gear12 underscore turbo on Twitter, or more preferably if you're on Mastodon, I highly recommend joining, uh, at at gear12turbo at kind.social. I was joined today by Rosalie. You can find her at at LittleRecordGirl on Twitter. Have a good one and a safe Halloween. And now for some music.